0: up everybody welcome into the how not to be a youth pastor podcast uh it is obviously your favorite podcast of all time uh really the best
1: podcast ever wouldn't you say Derek? i would say so the charts in apple or amazon or uh I, we don't have amazon podcast but i do have someone who requests that we are on amazon that we get
0: on amazon yeah i can uh
1: we is it work on that. is it like oh,
0: what is it? Amazon Audible or something I don't, like that? I don't remember what exactly yeah. it's called.
1: Uh, I, I want to come back to this topic. Okay. Uh, we are on iHeartRadio. We are. Um, so that, that's what I was saying. Despite the fact that we will never even grace the charts in any of those platforms, we know in the hearts of our listeners, we are the greatest podcast of all time. Obviously. Uh, I want to come back to that, but
0: first I need to mention that uh, this episode is sponsored by Jet's Pizza. Great friend of the show, Jet's Pizza. Phenomenal friend of the show. If you have never had Jet's Pizza, um, listen, don't even, don't go to Jet's Pizza and order just a pizza. If you're not sure what Jet's Pizza is, (laughs)
1: there's there's a legitimate chance uh, you don't live in Minnesota, so we're sorry for that. But, Jet's Pizza is the Wendy's of pizza joints because Wendy's The claim- Wendy's of pizza joints? Yeah, and here's why. Because what shape is a Wendy's burger? Square, is it not? I haven't been to the, Wendy's. The, and gotta, the, patty the patties is, are yes, square. You are right. Yeah. So Jet's Pizza, their claim to fame, they're like, you know what? Round pizza is so, so overdone. Let's make rectangular pizza. Like the their, whole pizza is rectangular. Yeah, yeah.
0: They have, they call it eight corner pizza. And so it's basically two deep dish square pizzas <laughs> yeah. like in the same box together. Uh-huh. And it is the most delicious thing in the world. Yep. Um, I do want to say like, Derek, do not shortchange good friends of the show, Jets Pizza. Oh, trust
1: me, I'm not. They're they are great. in
0: 23 states. Oh, baby! Nice. So we do want to give them uh, their their props. Uh, I will give them a hard time for orienting the states that they are in alphabetical, but by column. So like, If you read it across, it's Arizona, Kentucky, New York, Texas. Yuck. But if you read it down the column, it's Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana. Why does
1: Florida get all the good stuff?
0: I don't know. If if you're a really good friend of the show, you know that uh, we have a little bit of a thing against Florida having chain establishments because we talked about how many (laughs) Culvers are in Florida. So annoying. Yeah. there are thirty nine Jets pizzas in Florida, and only that's, eleven up here in Minnesota. That's disgusting! It's so not right. I'm gonna I'm gonna click through some of these as
1: we're talking, but I actually think Florida might have the most Jets because pizzas. why wouldn't they? Which actually, Kyle, this actually ties in really well to our quick question of the day. All right, So oh, perfect! Here we go. Quick question of the day. All right, I just handed you. Oh my gosh. Michigan has
0: 165 Jets pizza locations. There's not even
1: 165 cities in the state of Michigan.
0: Well, to be fair, Ann Arbor has two of them. See, that's what I'm saying. Okay. anyways.
1: I, I'm sorry. That just that was so far above everybody. Good, good else. for Michigan, honestly. Like for apparently once they have a Jets decent Pizza, football team. Yeah, and-
0: apparently Jets Pizza is a Michigan. Oh, I am so sorry. I said that Jets is in 23 states, but the Montana location is coming soon. So, uh, so they will have 23 states.
1: Okay. Well, I'm gonna shut up. I'm about glad. Jets we, Pizza I'm now. glad we cleared that up because now that we've wasted even more time. Uh, yeah. you're, you're all the more intelligent for it. Okay. Did, Kyle. did you say something about $10,000? Can I ask my question now, please? Yeah. I handed you $10. Oh, one <laughs> zero. I handed you I was, $10. I was dreaming. I'm a pastor. <laughs> what do you think I'm handing you? I handed you $10 and I'm saying you have an endless amount of gasoline and time to go wherever you want. Where are you going? If you have $10 and you want to grab some food. Only $10 and amount of gas and this amount of time, where are you going? Uh, Go. the,
0: the solo location of jets pizza in Washington is also coming soon. So 21 States with two on the way. Okay. Uh, um, twins, pregnant twins, the jets pizza <laughs> yeah. as a friend, as a, as an entity is pregnant. <laughs> right. <with twins. laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. So I have $10. Uh, I can, I can drive to wherever I need to get to. Yep. In order to get some food. Yep. Oh boy, um, man, that is a great question. I know. I made it. I think. Uh, is this like a solo thing, or can I bring somebody with me? Um, you can bring somebody with you, if or you want. a whole group of people? Yeah, I well, don't know. You, Do they have to fit in the car that I am apparently driving? Why does that the matter? <laughs> uh, so here's what, here's what I'll say. Um. When my wife and I got married, uh, we, we went on our honeymoon to Barcelona. Okay. And Barcelona, Barcelona, uh, there was
1: actually no. I'm changing my mind mid answer. This is not good. Uh, for what it's worth, those listening, you doesn't feel like you've made up your mind. So
0: I haven't, I really have not made up my mind. This is a difficult question now. Like what's the best meal I've ever had? Uh, Wait, does the ten dollars have to pay for the food? Yeah. Ah, shoot! That completely changes. What this. did you think the ten I don't bucks know. was I for? Got, I got carried away, and I was just thinking about if I could eat anywhere. Where would no. I go? <laughs> ah, the but, ten dollars is to pay okay, you for so your food. Then, then can I protest the question just a minor amount?
1: Why wouldn't
0: you? Where the heck can you get a meal for $10 see, these that, days? That's
1: why this is a good question. Oh, man, I have to stick with this. Because, see, here's where I was going with it. Like, what which fast food joint, basically, do you like? Or but, wh- like, Chipotle's
0: fast food, I can't get a meal sure there you for $10. Can. Sure you can. You just can't get steak. No, I have to get, like, kids tacos <laughs> for $10.
1: You, you can get a chicken burrito at Chipotle no, you for can't. $10. No, Hold on. I have the Chipotle app. We're okay. solving this wh- right while now. While you're doing you this, you answer okay. I am taking my bride down to a establishment called Cassetta's in St. Paul.
0: Some that is of a the, pretty good place. the
1: greatest Italian food in the state. Uh, I'm not going to say in the country because uh, little Italy in Boston. whole oh, man, can they make some chicken alfredo? But Cassetta's in St. Paul is so good. If you're ever in Minnesota, make sure you uh, – You go down there. Uh, It's awesome. It's a sweet atmosphere. Uh, Our tradition is every single time we go to a wild game, stop at casetas before the game to grab a meal. That's a pretty good one.
0: Um, Just because I am petty, a chicken burrito at Chipotle is $10.90. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Um, I literally just looked it up. You're going to argue with me. Yes. (laughs) Um, we're not even adding double protein. We're not adding guac. Nothing. Regular is $10 and 90 cents. Um, I, you know, this is not going to be, you know what? Uh, raising canes.
1: Great. Choice.
0: I'm not even confident that I can get like three chicken fingers from Raising Canes for ten dollars, but that's what I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah. Let me let me create my burrito before. Derek is
0: putting together an entire order. He's putting his name in and everything (laughs) just to prove me right. (laughs) Everything that's going on here,
1: Kyle is dumb. So I'd make sure I don't actually order this. I just hit it, random ingredients. Yeah, and what's
0: your cart total, Derek?
1: Um, that's not true. I don't want guac. Hold on, I gotta go change oh this. Oh my
0: goodness! Well, it's not gonna change the fact that I'm right.
1: See, it says 8.75 for chicken. Where are you ordering from? Chipotle. Uh Aha! 946! 875 is a subtotal. Tax is 71 cents. (laughs) Why am I getting charged more for Chipotle? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, look. Chicken burrito,
0: 875 right there. What the heck? Now okay, now I have an issue with Chipotle.
1: Uh Hold on. I think I might have uh, I think I might know the answer. Um Wow, this this was this was a great intro to our podcast as we just Aimlessly type on our phones, trying to figure this. You know, you know what the problem is, Kyle. Whenever we have a time crunch and whenever we're trying to record an episode fast, we always get we on get these on tangents.
0: Tangent. <laughs> uh, Chipotle has two different, com- like they don't. Their menu prices are different for delivery. Aha! Uh-huh. That's what it is. See, uh, and I don't get more food, so that bums me out. And no. there's
1: probably still a delivery fee on there on top of that. This so is where Chipotle's take, gotta figure their crap out. This is where I take my much deserved victory lap because very often do I usurp Kyle in the numbers department. But well, I did if today. I
0: if I have ten dollars and Chipotle's on the table, then I'm going to Chipotle. Okay,
1: done deal. For sure. See that that I honestly speaking, as much as I love casetas. Chipotle is probably equally tied with it. Yep. I love Chipotle so much. So
0: that's $10 down the drain and that's 10 minutes down the drain. <laughs> so I think it's about time that we get into today's <laughs> hey, episode. We're right on track. We are right on track. So uh, the the much anticipated episode is finally here. Yep. Uh, we have a series that we are doing, diving
1: in to kind of the situation that my church is going through. Which is why it's much anticipated because Kyle gets to speak the entire time and I'm going just- to. More or less sit here for verbal support.
0: Yeah, I'm not really excited about that part, but uh, it is true. Unfortunately, for those of you that listen more for Derek's voice than mine, which for the NFL fans out there, we have gotten multiple people uh, that have uh, made comments that Derek's voice sounds similar to the Miami Dolphins head coach, Mike McDonald. Mike McDaniel. Wow. And I'm not sure that I like it, but uh, it's where we're at. So I don't know if I like that. I love Mike (laughs) that dude's hilarious, but anyways, uh, so yeah, what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to kind of, I'm going to share like the brief synopsis of what happened Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to lay out. Here's what the next four episodes are going to look like. Okay. And then we'll dive, uh, specifically into, uh, this episode. Got it. So here's what went down. Um, I have been at this church for over seven years now. And uh, the senior pastor that hired me uh, was at the church since 2010. Uh, The senior pastor before him was here for like 25 years or something like that. So uh, lots of, you know, stability in that position, lots of continuity there. Um, This past summer, our senior pastor informed us that he had a moral failure. Um, And so he was removed from his position, effective immediately. This is why Derek and I felt that it was important the previous episode to kind of talk about that standard uh, that pastors are held to, uh, because obviously this is a situation where that standard was uh, not met. And so... um, over the last five months, uh, that is kind of what we have been walking through. Obviously I've kind of hinted at like when it comes to senior pastor transitions, some are planned, some are not. This obviously was not, uh, we as a staff were told on Tuesday, uh, the church was told the following Sunday, uh, and, and, you know, it was, it was all a very, very quick timeline. Um, to make it more fun for me uh I mentioned you know it was a Tuesday we all found out it was a Sunday that the church found out that Monday morning is when I left on a mission trip with 29 high schoolers so to go out of country so that was uh that a busy was a week real fun timing for sure um but uh it was uh it was it was obviously um I'll I, you know I'll say this about kind of the situation. I felt like, like, like I knew there was something going on. I did not think it was this magnitude. Uh, And, and so it was, it was certainly surprising uh, to all of us. And so what we are going to do over the next four episodes is we're going to take, we're going to start with this episode and kind of talk about, okay, when a pastor has a moral failure, what happens kind of from the pastor's side of things? And then the next episode, next week, we're going to talk about what happens on the church's side of things when a pastor has a moral failure or whenever a pastor leaves unexpectedly. What does that look like from the church's perspective? Uh, the, third, or the, the third episode will be uh, talking about that interim process. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the in-between season look like? And then the last episode is going to look at okay how do we bring on a new senior pastor as a youth pastor how can you facilitate like like what can you do what should you do in or in, in, when that all kind of comes up and so uh that is kind of the Map the layout of what this, what the next four episodes are going to look like as we talk about this. And and I've said this a couple times as we have kind of teased this series and in the lead up to it. But our goal with this series is not to just relive all of this stuff. Our goal is not to drag anybody through the mud. Our goal is to be informative. You know, we just want to share our experience and, uh, this is something that unfortunately we are not the only church that's ever walked through this right. and, and we're not going to be the last. Yep. And so, and, and there are principles that, you know, there's going to be some things that we talk about, especially in the, the later episodes where there's going to be things that apply. If your senior pastor retires or transitions expectedly yep. or even positively, which was my situation, right? Derek, uh, you know, it was like, it was, it was, you know, his last Sunday, one Sunday, and your first Sunday, the next, but it was something that was planned and prepared the for. The transition,
1: it was about a year in the making.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's a different process, mm-hmm. but for everybody involved, but especially for, you know, youth pastors there are principles that are going to be similar, uh, you know, no matter what the pastoral transition looks like. And so uh, I I do hope that uh, this series is helpful for everybody, Uh, but uh, we're just going to kind of be, we're going to be real. We're going to be honest. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys and say that the last five months has been super fun. Uh, But it's, and it's certainly not, you know, something that, that you prepare for. Uh, But, but it's been very, uh, it's been, it, it's been very, uh a lot, lots of teachable moments. I was going to say,
1: I feel like I've even seen just like the growth that you've had, you know, not in terms of like, oh, like like height insi- or, well, I, I wish. I, could, I would love some. Definitely not like, muscle mass either. Ah, bummer. Sorry, man. <laughs> but like, as as much as it stings, uh, I'm sure you've even preaches from the stage, pastors, uh, you grow the most when you're pressured the most. You You really yeah. kind of grow when you're put into some tricky situations and, um, speaking on Kyle's behalf, uh, what we're going to share today, what he's going to share today, rather, um, is not a flippant. Hey, this is just what I feel. Uh, let's turn on microphones. We're recording. No, this this is a five month emotional process of you grieving, yeah. you accepting, you coming to grips with this. This is it. This is a podcast series that um, truly does have five months of raw emotion baked into it. And we
0: we really did like. There was purpose behind you know, waiting until now to do this series. Part of it was making sure that, you know, we can we can look at it with, through a clear lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it was, you know, we wanted to really get into this process before we talked about it because, right. you know, we want to make sure we know what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, and, and obviously, like, you know, spoiler alert, but we are still in the interim process. We have yep. not made the hire yet. Yep. But... Uh, there are, there are a lot of things that I'll be able to, uh, speak to just from a preparation standpoint mm-hmm. that I think will be really valuable. For and sure. so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's a fun conversation, but, uh, it's, I think it's going to be fruitful. a really, really helpful and fruitful. Yeah. Conversation. And so, uh, I, I do think, you know, getting back to, uh, kind of what happened and, and what that looked like, um, It was, and, and without getting into too many of the details, uh, the, so there, Sunday number, like there was, there was a Sunday where our senior pastor wasn't there Mm -hmm. and, and that this is before anybody. So like Sunday zero. Okay. Our senior pastor wasn't there the Saturday night before he called four of us on staff. And the fourth person picked up the first three. I was one of the, I was doing dishes. Like, I don't know if my phone was on silent or what. It wasn't near me. I didn't feel it ring. I never have my ringer on ever in my entire life. And so I didn't, I didn't, I missed the call. He called somebody else uh, and was like, Hey, you know, our family had something come up. Can you preach tomorrow? And they were like, yep. And so uh, Pastor Christie is our connections pastor. I think she ended up preaching that Sunday. Uh, did a great job, but we were all like, Man, I don't know. That's Nobody weird. knew what was going on. Yeah, uh, you know, prayers for them. It was all we got was a, so a family matter, a family situation. Uh, and so then it was Tuesday afternoon. Uh, three days later. Three days later, I got a phone call uh, from my senior pastor saying, "Hey, where are you at right now?" And I was a good employee. I said I'm at church. Mm-hmm. I'm working really hard. Um, the truth is, I was actually walking out of the church, and it was like one in the afternoon. Uh, but but I I it was like the week before I left for a mission trip, and mm-hmm. so I, I usually kind of bake in some half days there yep. and spend time with family. Absolutely. And so I was walking out of the church, and he was like, "Hey, can my wife and I meet you?" And, and you know we want to have a, a conversation. And uh, so we were going to meet, there's a park halfway between the church and, and their house and, and where I live. It was kind of all triangulated. So we met there uh, and and going into the conversation, I was like, okay, if he was going to fire me, I feel like he would not have invited his wife and we would not be like at a public park. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I'm not about to get fired, but I had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah. And uh so we sat down and and you know it was pretty you know straight to the point like hey you know I had a moral failure uh and and, and we kind of walked through that conversation um as the youth pastor you know I pretty quickly flipped into youth pastor mode mm-hmm. uh thinking about the the kids in that family because they have kids because they have kids and so, you know, there were, you know, some things with that uh that that I wanted to kind of walk through. I mean, even logistically, two of their kids were going to be on the mission trip that left the following Monday. And so, you know, think it like are they still going? Do they still want to go? Like there was there was a whole bunch of stuff that I was trying to figure out. Um and so they, he and his wife went and had individual conversations with every single staff member that day in person. I think there were two staff members that were both at church, and so they had those at the same time. But other than that, it was individual conversations with everybody. I believe that they were able to have individual conversations with most of the board as well. Um, so that was Tuesday. Thursday, the staff all got together minus him, the, the staff got mm-hmm. together and, and we just kind of talked and processed. And it really was like it, 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 the, for a lot of people, I think that the five stages of grief were actually kind of relevant. Um, you know, there were they, it wasn't the same for everybody. But we talked about that, and, and we talked about, you know, as we talked to our church about this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is probably a decent lens mm-hmm. with which to view what is going on. And so that was um, well, that was a really good conversation. Um, I think if I remember correct, there were some spouses of staff members that were at that meeting as well, the ones that could make it. Um, and then Saturday of that week, Saturday night, the board, the staff, and I believe all of the spouses of board and staff members all gathered together. It's a big meeting. Um, yep. We all got together. Nah, maybe the spouses weren't there. The board member spouses weren't there. Sure. I don't remember if the staff spouses were there or not. So it doesn't matter. There? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I I really don't, dude. That week, that whole two weeks. Well, was I'm sure I'm sure you
1: were in pure shock. I mean, even, well, there was
0: just there was a lot of meetings and yeah. different things going on. So I don't I don't remember exactly, but uh, so then uh, he, our our pastor came to that meeting, uh, and, and that was kind of like the formal, uh, you know, dismissal. Uh, he kind of addressed everybody again, and and you know expressed, you know, like I'm I'm really sorry this is what happened. I I recognize that it disqualifies me for for this role. Uh and and I don't remember if there was like an official board vote. There didn't need to be. But uh you know, there it it was never I mean, when when you have a situation like this happen at a church, um it's not a question as mm-hmm. to whether or not that pastor is going to stay. Like, like they are no longer fit to serve in that role, and so uh, we he he left, uh, and then the staff and the deacons had you know a two-hour meeting talking about you know some stuff going forward, and then I'll, we'll get into all the rest of that in the next episode. Yep, but I wanted to kind of just set the stage. For that, because I want to talk today about, and, and please feel free to interject here because I feel like I'm just going to talk for the next half hour. Yeah. Uh, we have, like, what does it look like from the pastor's side of things? Um, because there's a balance between you did a you did a bad thing, like you messed up and there's no getting around that. You really messed up. Yep at the same time you want re- restoration for that person like you yep. want restoration for that marriage you want healing in you know everywhere that there needs to be healing you want uh all of that and so that like you ha- kind of have to balance those two uh you you've got to kick you know, you 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 can't have them remain in that role of of senior pastor,
1: yeah, I know it's I know it's a different situation, obviously, but look at psalm fifty one David had an affair. David killed somebody. David messed up bad, yep. you know, and what happens? he prays and he prays and he prays. he eventually gets restored, but he also loses a kid as yep. a punishment, you know, like or as a consequence not a punishment. but regardless, i my point is, there is a line there and they can coexist. You can have restoration with consequence, you know? And so it is a hard line, but I think you guys are sitting there battling with, we want to see this pastor that we know and love be restored, but also we can't just not address this. We got to address this and handle it appropriately.
0: Yep. And so uh, when it came to... That so so it was like I said, Tuesday, staff finds out, Sunday it is announced to the congregation. Um he what end what we ended up doing is that he made a video uh that was played for the congregation. Um I don't really know I mean that's that this is the only time I've ever walked through this, and so that's the only context that I have what it, was, it wasn't like my favorite video to watch, but I can't think of a better way sure. to, to do it. you right. know like you you can't have them there in person doing mm-hmm. that. but you know I guess the only other uh, the only other option is to have just a statement be read. Uh, which we also did that. There was a, we read a statement and then played the video from him. Um, but, but as far as the, the actual removal of the pastor from the role, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry and it's, and it's pretty quick.
1: So that, that was my question. And these are all things that might just be things that go without saying, but I think it's important to kind of clarify, you know, I always think of like when you swear in a pastor or pray in a pastor, there's a formal, Hey, this is now the shepherd. I assume given the brevity and the severity of what happens, That doesn't necessarily happen. Everyone kind of just assumes like, yep, this is formally and officially over. And now we move on. Is that kind of how it was for you guys? Or is there like a formal gesture beyond the statement that says he is no longer the pastor here?
0: So, yeah, we'll we'll get into it a little bit more next week. But that, like, we had, like, the sermon that morning kind of led into the announcement was made at the end of both of our services. Got it. And so the sermon kind of led into it. Um, and so it, it was, but, but there was like, you see senior pastor transitions or or a pastor retires and, and you can kind of, you can honor them in that service. Uh, in, in a situation like that, you just like, you don't do that. It's just like, Hey, yep, here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of like ripping off a band-aid a little bit. Um, so moving then f- beyond that Sunday morning, yep. Uh, when it comes to the pastor and their family, this is going to be something that is, is probably different for every single situation and definitely different, you know, per denomination. Totally. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about the assemblies of God denomination of which both our churches are a part of is that they have a structure in place, a procedure in place for when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing that happens is that uh, as a pastor, your uh, license, mm-hmm. you know, your credentials get suspended for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a counseling program that you enter into. Along with? Uh, your- along with your spouse. Okay. So there's there's two sides of it. Yes. Thank you. Uh, the one side is like counseling for you. Mm hmm specifically um, and then there's also counseling for the the like as a husband and wife sure that you will do together and so both sides of that exist um, part of that is overseen that like there's professional counselors involved in this yep it is also overseen by another pastor in the general area. And like you start going to their church now. Sure. And so that's kind of the structure they have in place. Like you can't keep going to the same church that you were at. And so, uh, and and you know, this obviously works a little bit better if you're not in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you would start going to this other church. Uh, You're kind of under the supervision of, of that pastor. Yep. Uh, and going through that restoration process with counseling and, uh, you know, anything else that is needed there. Uh, you know, the, like for us, our denomination has a pretty good process for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you do not have something like that in place, I would hope that it is something that you still seek out. And I want to make a mention of this too. Like, The the Assemblies of God denomination does this regardless of whether you want to become a pastor again in the future. Sure. You know, this is a commitment that they have made to their pastors that that they will support them through this. Yep. And if it gets to the point where you want to, you know, go back into ministry and they see that you are, you know, ready Ready. for that, uh, then that, you know, can be an option. But regardless of that, they you know the first thing that's most important in these situations is the restoration of that marriage and uh, and and healing there. And so that is that is where the focus should be from the pastor's side of things is the marriage and the family um because there is like there's a lot of fallout that comes. it's it's not just, but from the pastor's side of things okay moral failure like if there's if the, if you have a whole family like you have kids that are affected by this mm-hmm. and so again you know one of the things that our church has done in partnership with our denomination is that uh there is counseling professional counseling available to all of their kids if they want it that the cost is covered by the, the denomination and our church. Yep. Uh, and so that's another thing that I think is really important to keep in mind Mm -hmm. in something like this, uh, that, that it is not just the senior pastor that, you know, that needs to be restored Mm -hmm. and that needs healing. Yep. It is not just, you know, them and their spouse that need healing. It is the entire family that is walking through this and needs healing. Mm -hmm. And so, As a, do you have anything to add? No, I, this is, so as the youth pastor, one of the things that I would highly encourage, hopefully you're never in this situation, but if you are, uh, you got to connect with those kids right mm -hmm.
1: away. Uh, apart from mom and dad, I think is, is is critical. You know, this is where you bring them over, uh, probably to your house or apartment Mm -hmm. or your personal spot. Um, don't bring them to the church you know right. or your office cuz that's a whole other mm-hmm. set of things you know i think this is where you and i would depending on the situation i think it really kind of depends but there might be merit to if they have multiple kids you bring them all together there's also merit to maybe you don't do that maybe you yeah, take them out one by one yeah it's going to be family specific totally yeah but like that's that's for especially if you are the youth pastor you have to understand that they're in a really tricky spot now yeah. because mom or dad that just made a mistake, you know, is now dismissed from the church. But depending how long they've been there, which in your case, Kyle, this was 10 years, this church was like their second home. This was their their sibling to some degree, you know? So now that they're being removed from it or mom or dad is, it's it's like a piece of your heart's been torn out, you know. Yep. So you have to understand that there's just a lot of complex emotions beyond just a "how are you taking this," you know. Right. Like they're they're yeah. grieving in a yeah. major way. Yep.
0: So and so, I actually had dinner already on the calendar with one of the kids the Tuesday that we found out. Oh boy! And so we kept that. It just you know ended up being a different conversation than mm-hmm. we were planning. Uh, and then there were, uh, like I mentioned, there were two of them that were going to go on the mission team. And so I had breakfast with them Saturday morning, uh, Friday or Saturday morning, one of the two, um, and, and kind of connecting with them. Uh, one of the things that I made clear to all of them was like, obviously like, like you're not just talking about like, Oh, and and this is, you know, maybe we should have talked about this in the last episode, but when, you know, if, if you've got somebody that works for an exec, he's an executive at target, Mm -hmm. you know, their corporate offices. Uh, if, if you work a job like that and you have an affair, okay, like there's, there's probably problems at home, but your work life is largely unaffected. If you do that in ministry, your entire life falls apart. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that's true for the entire family. And so for the kids, like there was the question of youth group. Like what, what do you do with that? Yeah. And so um, I basically, I was like, I want you guys to know I, I love you guys and I would love for you to continue to plug in here. Mm-hmm. I also completely get it. If you don't. Right. Like, if you don't get plugged in here, I'm praying, praying that you get plugged in somewhere else.
1: And I love how you handle that because there's a selfish part of you that says, I want you here. Yeah. You know, but you have to understand it. They might not be able to, mm-hmm. they don't want to, you know, cause some people just aren't very sensitive, you know, of like, yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to go to youth group. They're trying to be a normal kid. And all of a sudden youth leader or, you know, random congregant comes up to them and says, you know how's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? Like, yeah. they don't want to answer those questions. Yep. They're, they're here for them. Like, so you, if you truly love them, you have to sit there and support them and go, what is best for them in this moment and support that 100% of what that means for you personally. And I love how you, cause that's what you did. I love how mm. you handled that.
0: Yeah. And so that's, uh, from like professionally as a youth pastor, there are, you know, there's, there's some things that we would definitely encourage you to do. Uh, with some of those conversations, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be different for every situation. But I think that for us and for the situation that we were in, um, you know, we saw all sorts of different paths, you know, from, from different kids of theirs as a result. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of them has continued to come pretty much every single week, Mm -hmm. Um, the older two, uh, have, have kind of gotten plugged in elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, it, it, you know, it hurts. It breaks my heart to, to not have them here, but at the same time you, you understand and Mm -hmm. I'd rather have them healthy somewhere else than unhealthy, wherever that is. And so, uh, it, it really is a full family thing. Uh, and, and from the pastor's side of like you know you're also looking for a new job like you everything is going to shift and so what is best for the the pastor is for them to like everything just has to be focused internally yep every ounce of effort has to be focused on restoration and and healing in the marriage all of your family relationships, like that's gotta be where the number one priority is. Uh beyond that, like that like that no, there is no beyond that. Like that's just that has to be where a hundred percent of the focus is. Um and and everything else has to come secondary to that.
1: Yeah. Um <coughs> you know. Other, real quick, the yeah. other,
0: I, I was gonna say something else, I forgot it, and I remember. From like as the youth pastor. Church staff, church congregants, uh, there can be some continued level of relationship. But if I'm being honest, from my experience, you got a whole lot more to deal with. Mm -hmm. And if you are like on staff at a church where, you know, the senior pastor has a moral failure, their restoration is not your responsibility. Mm-mm. It can't be. Mm-mm. You have a people group that you need to shepherd. Yep. And, and that has to be your primary focus. The, the beauty of being in a denomination like we are is that the restoration of the pastor can be handled by the denomination. That can be their focus. Our focus absolutely has to be our people. The sheep.
1: Yep. yep. And that, uh, I, I'm really <laughs> intrigued about the next episode as well, just cause I think there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know pretty much whatever this failure is it's go- it's going to cause a major ripple everywhere yep. um no matter no matter who you are no matter what it looks like what happens is it really starts to question can i believe anything that pastor said to me in my life you know and that creates a massive crisis of identity it creates a massive feeling of like you feel a little bit lonely. You feel you feel duped. You feel, yeah. um, you know, these things, and it kind of goes back to. On the one hand, it can kind of that's where it's like you need to be careful where you put your stock in because um, while it's painful and hurtful and, and all of those things, um, if they're speaking the word of God, you you haven't been deceived. You know, just they mm-hmm. they, they they their flesh took over, um, you know. But I just I also. I just want to give credence to the fact that well, you you can't well the church moves on and kind of kicks into what's next. You have to understand that you can't, I love what Kyle said, if you have a mistake and you work in the business sector, yeah, your your home life is rough, but you'll figure it out. When you're in ministry, Literally like, everything changes. Where you go to church, uh, like, like what you do, what your what your daily devotion looks like. I mean, there there is not a single area of your life that is not immediately impacted by this. And um, I just want to say this because uh, it's hard, and it's a hard dynamic because when you're close to the person who made a mistake, there is a very justified feeling of anger, mm-hmm. frustration. <clears throat> How could they do this? Uh, You just feel deceived and you feel like, I feel dumb. Like, how did I not know this? How did I? And, And there's all of those, I would say, negative emotions that rise up in you. And you need to be able to feel those. You can't suppress those. You can't let go of those. But you also need to be able to get to a point where you can wish them the best in restoration. And that's hard to do, especially when you have these negative emotions. And because the reality is, I go back to David. David screwed up in a major way. But like the Lord still chose to seek the path of restoration. Like David got on his knees. He fell flat on his face. He pleaded for forgiveness. He pleaded for restoration and the Lord forgave him. And I think our role as those that are not the pastor is to get to a spot where we can at least pray for them to feel that restoration and to get that restoration by whatever means necessary it takes time it takes effort all kinds of effort i have to imagine um but i think it's our role to be comfortable with our emotions and handle them but also to genuinely desire restoration for that person
0: yeah no like figure out where take take an honest stock of where you are at and if you need to have a couple counseling sessions, go do it. Mm. Uh you know, your church would probably be willing to foot the bill for that. Uh you need to (laughs) call it uh um if like if you heard on the job, uh Workman's comp. Yeah, call it call it workers comp. (laughs) Uh but you you can you gotta make sure that you are in a healthy spot too because you are helping shepherd people through one mm-hmm. of the most difficult seasons of their spiritual walk. Yep. And you need to be ready for that. You totally. don't need to be perfect through it. You don't need to be all put together through it. Yep. But you do need to be ready for it. Yeah.
1: And I think there's there's no there's no greater need for that than I think this last thing that you want to share about is like how how do you share what happened cuz like the, it's it's obviously a very private personal thing for that pastor but people come to you with questions and they come to you with how you're feeling and and I think you have to be very aware of what you're feeling internally before you even begin to open your mouth externally
0: yeah so we uh at that initial meeting on that saturday with the board and the and the staff we Came up with, and I don't remember if the the district helped us, the uh, denomination, if they helped us out with this, or uh, if the board came up with this. I don't remember what it was, but like the statement that was read uh, for our whole congregation, uh, that was kind of our our starting point where you know we said, "Hey, we are going to uh, like I don't I don't need to share more than I need to share, right." uh, you know, I, I want to honor, uh, the title, even if I, you know, have lost respect for the person, I can still honor the, the role yep. that exists. Yep. And, and, and I don't think that God has called us to, you know, bad mouth them now that they're gone. Totally. And, and so it, it I would encourage you to take, you know, precaution when you're talking about it. That's you know, one of the things that we are trying to do through this series is not focus on all of the details of what happened. Uh, nobody in your church needs to know that, no. And so that's where I think that how you talk about it with people, how you share that, like I'm still telling people for the first time. Um, you know, I it it's it will probably continue for a while still. Uh, you know, people will like the people, like Derek mentioned, I don't remember if it was this episode or last episode, but Derek mentioned that when he was growing up, he called himself a priester Uh, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, our family only came on Christmas and Easter. Well, mm-hmm. it, those people haven't been to our church yet. right? And so now in the community, does word get out? Yeah. But you, we might have some people that come for Christmas and be like, wow, where is he? Uh, well, let me tell you. Yeah. But you do like you get to control how much you tell people, and uh, I, I do think it is your job to be wise about where you draw that line. Yep. Uh, legally, there is an argument. <coughs> excuse me. Legally, there is an argument to be made as to where that line should be. Yep. Uh, and then also just as as you know, a human being. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an argument to be made about where that line should be.
1: And that's why you know I. I keep feeling like I'm jumping the gun here, but um, obviously your church is going to come up with probably a pretty set and universal. If people ask, this is roughly what we say to them right now. But to me, this is where, while it's also it's important to be wise, uh, you can also fall into sin if you let yeah. you, if you if you let your anger. Um, yep. Again, it's justified. I don't want to oversight. You're justified in feeling everything you're feeling, but you also have an obligation to still honor that person. You know, look at David and Saul. Saul was a horrible person. Saul was trying to kill the man, Mm -hmm. but he still honored him at the very end of this thing. And you have that same obligation. Um, You know, you don't have to shy away from the details if they're pertinent. You don't have to sugarcoat things and, and lie about it. But like you have an opportunity if you're angry and hurt to really drag them through the slime And the mud if you want mm-hmm. to. And it's your prerogative and it's your obligation to choose not to do that yeah you know and that's where I think you have to work on it internally before you even begin to open your mouth.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. That feels like a really fun spot to leave it off, Derek. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> we will continue this conversation over the next three episodes. Uh, next week, we are, like I said, we're going to get into uh, kind of talking about things from the church's perspective. Uh, what does that transition look like? Uh, what can the board and the staff do uh, in order to help out with that? And so uh, please keep listening. It's going to be uh, a great conversation. Uh, I appreciate you guys helping us out uh, and uh, and being supporters of the show on on behalf of Derek, I think it's about time that we go get some Chipotle. Goodbye. Goodbye.